Handle on the News. Handle on the News! What's it like to wake up with him in the morning? Torture? Every morning when he comes in? Mm-hmm. Is he always cranky? And now, here's Bill Handel. KFI AM uh, 640 Handel here. And uh, good morning. Oh, yes. Much going on. Wasn't this, uh, wasn't as auspicious as yesterday with the news, but... Hey, today's the election. Today is the election. Tomorrow, we're going to have John Thomas on to analyze what happened. Last night, we were talking uh, about the election, and uh, it's there are a lot of moving parts with this election, for sure. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that our primary system uh, originally passed to unscrew up politics, has screwed up politics even more. All right, uh, quick hello to everybody. Jennifer Jones Lee. Hello, Handel. Good morning. Uh, there's Wayne Resnick. Good morning. That's a lovely shirt that you're wearing. A uh, very nice green shirt. Yep. Yep. It's it's like seafoam. Uh, yes. Yes. It is. Uh, did is you that... select that? No. Or did of Marjorie, Marjorie select did. that? Is this teal? She does a good job. Oh. Is that what you call I feel it? that it is seafoam. You know what? <clears throat> Hold on. I don't know. Whatever it is. Let's uh, get a picture of this. Up. And uh, there's Alex. Smile for the camera, sir. Why do you have to do that pose? Because I had to get a, out of the way go. of the microphone. <laughs> yeah. Well, put this up and people can decide what color that shirt is. Okay. Wayne says smile, but you have to see there's something that accompanied the smile. Well, people will see it. Uh, it what is this? Probably in 10 minutes. Oh, because the microphone Instagram. was in the way. No, he was being professional. That he was, was getting the microphone out of his face. Yeah. I, I was impressed. Right. And then uh, <laughs> there is uh, Morgan's arm. Well, no. I can't. I don't see. You're right. Morgan's I don't see not it. here. Right. Well, that's one of two. One of two reasons. Either she's not here, or her arm was amputated yesterday. Oh. Hey, is that now a requirement to have that position on the show? You have to have an arm. Pretty much, or at least a, a right arm. You cannot have a left arm, which is mm, fine. Left arm doesn't matter. Mm. Uh, but the right arm, uh, you have to have. And then there's John. Uh, with what's is that? Uh, just a plain T-shirt, or what do you have there? Just a white and gray T-shirt. White and gray. Just white and gray. Okay. Did you... I'm not accusing you. I'm just wondering, what? did you skip Alex? No. Oh, he did? Okay. No, no, I mentioned Alex. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Didn't, hmm. didn't what was I thinking? I was, I was transfixed by your shirt. Okay. Uh, I'm assuming... So, well, let me ask this. How many people voted uh, absentee? Uh, or has, have already voted? Well, I voted absentee, except for it's in my bag. So I have to mail it today. Why don't you just walk into a polling booth? can do booth? that, too. Okay. Something. Have you voted you yet? Feel, no, I okay. don't. This, this voting by mail thing. It yeah, I don't buy. I like, feel... to, I like to vote. I want to physically be there and vote. See, I don't know where I'll be at yeah. any given time, so yeah. that's why. And sometimes I'll vote in uh, the deaf uh, booth just so I can hear screaming. Uh, For governor, you have a... Ch-. Or, no, I... Okay, Alex, have you voted yet? No, I'll do it after work. Okay, see, every all of us. And, uh, John, do you know what voting is? (gasps) (laughs) I'm voting after work. Okay, and I am voting after work. So all of us here, uh, we hit 100% in terms of Some are uh, going to a polling place. Apparently, some are going to a mailbox. Yeah, (laughs) and I am uh, going to a polling place also. And, oh, my polling place, here's a little bit of history. My polling place is at the Presbyterian Church 
where uh, the church that Ronald Reagan attended. That was his church. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, just, just mentioning. It's just cool. Fun fact. Yeah, like fun it. factoid. Okay. Uh, so what we're going to do later on, because most of us have not voted, certainly all of us here, I'm assuming a great portion of people have not voted, I'm going to go through what the candidates for governor's positions are on immigration, on housing, on school, the big issues. And I'll be doing that, uh, as a matter of fact, 7 o'clock. Okay, you guys ready to do it? Let's do it. Here we go. Lead story. California's election today, very, very important on the congressional side because whether or not the Democrats take the House is will be based on what uh, what can, uh, California does. And the Democrats will not be taking the House. It's just that simple. It's over for the Democrats. Well, special counsel Robert Mueller would like Paul Manafort out of his house and into the slammer. These days I'm going to sit down and talk to Paul. Says he tampered with witnesses in his money laundering case against him. I'm going to sit down and talk to Paul. Very good. That's very good. Automatic uh, pardon, by the way, from the president on this one. Probably. Oh, yeah. He'll be a pardon. Says that he... Why doesn't he just pardon him now and save everybody the time and expense and trouble? Exactly. It's... It's one of those political moves in terms of timing. I'm sure he will pardon. Uh, is he waiting? Manif- He's like, well, if he gets acquitted or something, then I don't have to. I think what he is going to argue this is the president now is he wants uh, more proof uh, that there was no collusion. And if that comes out, because he can pardon anyway, but if it comes out that there are, that Mueller's investigation says there was no collusion, then it's absolute proof that it was a witch hunt across the board. Mm-hmm. And therefore, a pardon is totally appropriate because a conviction in him pleading guilty is simply pressure with a fake investigation. But if he if that's true, then he should pardon him now for any and all crimes, he which could. means then Mueller can talk to Manafort about anything. Manafort doesn't have to take the fifth about anything. And so he could help Mueller... Reached the conclusion that there was no conclusion because, after all, he right. ran the campaign for a period of time. That's that's true. So there are a lot of reasons, one way or the other, it's going to fly. But I think the bottom line is everybody is going to be pardoned. I I think that even uh, the lawyers who get traffic <laughs> tickets on the way in to the hearing will be pardoned. <laughs> Can a president <laughs> – now, he can't pardon – uh, a person that he does not identify. Like, he couldn't say, I pardon anyone Mueller charges. I don't know. I don't know. Whoever it may be. I don't know. You know, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, we're, a little bit later on, we're going to do Pardon Palooza. And <laughs> it is, uh, and it's interesting uh, because all the Constitution says the president has pardon power. That's it. So it's very vague. Very vague. And the ticket business is also, if it was on national park land, pardon works. Oh, for for a traffic ticket. Or yeah, whatever. absolutely. Sure. sure. Anything under federal jurisdiction. Yeah, yeah. A stealing from uh, the Coke machine at the Smithsonian. Pardoned. Yeah, if just pounding on the Coke machine, hoping a Coke comes out without putting in the money. Pardon. <laughs> we'll be right back. He should change his catchphrase. <laughs> Instead of, you fired, you pardon. Yeah. All right, Jenny. 
Jennifer I'm, Jones Lee. Do, who call, does anybody call you Jenny? My parents. Do they? Oh God, yeah. Okay, and everybody and all, from Reading. And all the rest of us call call you Jen yeah. for short. Yeah. And not too many people call you Jennifer, do they? Mm, not really. Okay. No, it's usually Jen or Jonesy. One okay. Of the two. Oh, Jonesy's also very good. Yeah. Okay, Jen. All right. A new artist. So one, two, three. Take my hand and come with me because you look so fine that I really want to make you mine. Handle here on a uh, Tuesday, June 5th, Election Day, uh, coming up at uh, 7 o'clock. I will uh, share with you the gubernatorial the gubernatorial candidates' positions on the state's biggest issues. And it's going to be, uh, well, a lot of it you already know, but some you don't. So I'll be doing that up at, um, at 7 o'clock. All right, back we go. More Handle on the news. Uh, Jennifer Jones, Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me. Maybe someday we will hear the president of the United States come out in front of Congress and say the state of our union is a half-calf kids' temp. That's because Howard Schultz is leaving Starbucks and said he might run for president. Maybe. Well, he's a real activist anyway. Uh, Very big Democratic activist. uh, And he created Starbucks. And uh, it's only 28,000 Starbucks. All of them within half a mile of the studio. <laughs> it's tr- How about the Starbucks where you see on opposite kitty cornered on the same street? How does that work? I, I, I once asked someone, and that, uh, and you know what I was told? A Starbucks person is because they do such business that people want it on their side of the street as they drive. So people coming the other way don't have to make a left. That's I mean, that how is outrageous so is that? Right down here on Olive, there's a shopping center with the pavilions. There's a Starbucks. And inside the pavilions, there's a Starbucks. Oh, yeah. Now they're inside stores. Matter of fact, uh, there are Starbucks in Pete's Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I've not seen those. So, yeah. But now I got very go. strong. Very, very strong. They should strong just company. inception the whole thing and have a Starbucks inside a Starbucks yeah. inside a Starbucks. <laughs> I found a quote this morning when I was looking up eagle phrases that sort of summarizes this story. It's by a guy named Ed Sable. You can't soar like an eagle and crap like a canary. I want to fly like an eagle. Okay. Because I feel like the president is saying, hey, Philadelphia Eagles. You're kind of crapping on the national anthem. Yeah. Therefore, you want to come play at the White House? I say no. Right? No you just invitation. Fly on back to your, your no nest. invitation to the Super Bowl champions uh, at all this time around, which is very unusual. The president normally does, of He's course, invite them. Pulled the uh, mat out from underneath. And it's them. a big deal, too. I mean, they invite a zillion people. And I don't know if they do lunch or not, but in any case, uh, he's saying no because of uh, the kneeling during the national anthem, which, incidentally, I totally agree with the president on this one. Now, he says, though, that the Eagles fans deserve better and uh, that so all those fans who were supposed to attend today, he still doesn't want him to miss out on some sort of ceremony. So he's having what he calls an honoring America ceremony at the White House, where he says he tweeted this morning he's going to play the national anthem and other wonderful music celebrating our country. All right. Well, sure. Why not? Why not? Do the uh, when when the Eagles come out or when anybody kneels, does the entire stadium just start just erupts and boos? In many cases, I'll bet you they. There's, I'll bet, yes, there's been booing and no, no, but I mean the stadium. 
You know, in like the, all of them like together. The overwhelming majority of uh, I mean, fans. The booing is loud, yeah. Hey, a uh, uh, sports legend has passed away. Mm. 49ers wide receiver Dwight Clark. Former wide receiver, yeah. of course. ALS. Yeah, ALS. He was 61, uh, diagnosed March of last year. That is a quick, so quick fast. death with ALS. It is, yeah, usually it's years. And it is a horrific disease because you lose all control of your body to the point where you can't breathe and the only thing that's left is your eyes blinking and but your mind is still uh absolutely just it's it's right there you lose no function in your mind and so you're trapped and you would think uh, if i ever had that i would so want to die but by the time uh you can no longer take ingest uh the medicine the drug you're done you can't do it because no one can give you the medication under the right to die. And I think Dwight yeah. Clark thought he was going to live years because he there was a quote that says, while I'm still trying to wrap my head around the challenge, I will face with this disease over the coming years. Yeah, no, very, very, very quick. Oh, so sad. Okay, we have a new police chief. His name is Michael Moore. Yeah. Not that Michael yeah, Moore. Yeah, who would ever <laughs> think that uh, this completely overweight very liberal filmmaker, documentary filmmaker, would be the police chief. Lacking. He was one of the finalists. It could have gone any one of the three, and it's just, I yeah. think it's just Michael a Moore is the, uh, he's the assistant chief now. Yeah, but, so he is really, I mean, if you go with just what's the most logical person to, to take over, the, the guy who's been second in command for a while, but, that's what happened. But they could have, he could have done any one of the three and said oh, exactly sure. the same thing. Uh, I think all finalists were part of the LAPD anyways. I don't think uh, that uh, Garcetti was looking beyond uh, Two LA- current, one former. Yeah, yeah. All, all LAPD uh, vets or uh, currently. So it could have gone either way. And just here's a quick cut from Moore. He says he's going to continue to deal with illegal immigrants the same way as the policy that's been in place has been. Yeah. The Los Angeles Police Department respects and honors the dignity and the rights of every Angelino, regardless of their immigration status. And that that is that their status is not a matter for us. Yeah, are you surprised he said that in English? <laughs> I am. See, okay, Moss News coming up. Aura first. Uh, what? Aura. <laughs> Jennifer Jones. KFI handle here. Uh, it is a uh, election day, June fifth. Uh, it's Tuesday. It's always on a Tuesday, you know, election day. Uh, it's uh, yeah. I don't even know why. You'd think it'd be over the weekend, wouldn't you? And uh, a lot of countries have it over. It's three days for election or five days, and it's over the course of a weekend because it, it's difficult for some people to vote, and that's been uh, that has been uh, the cause of many a lawsuit. In terms of people being unable to vote. Okay. Uh, also, Law Day is coming Saturday, June 16th, a week from Saturday, Law Day 2018, from 9 to 2 o'clock, the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. Over 100 legal experts from handleonthelaw.com. Free, good legal advice, not marginal, in virtually every area of the law. A live broadcast of Handle on the Law from 9 to 11. You'll have free seminars, win prizes throughout the day. Go to KFIAM640.com. The keyword is Law Day, sponsored by Cunning Dental. If you have loose or missing teeth, 
call Cunning Dental for a free exam with CT scan. Call 888-640-SMILE. Saturday, June 16th. Law day! All right. Do you want to know why elections are on Tuesday or not? Yeah. Because uh, in the early days of the country, it was very agrarian. And farmers, you had the Sabbath, of course, and then you had market day was always Wednesday. And because it was an agrarian society, farmers needed an entire day to travel to get to the election. And so Tuesday was the day that allowed them to do it without interfering with the Sabbath or market day. Right, but you would think that it would be over the course of several days. And why wouldn't you have a polling place on market day where you just quickly go and uh, and you poll, much like uh, you uh, excuse yourself for taking a leak and then you come back? If only you had founded this country. Uh, see? I mean, think of that. You just excuse yourself for a couple of minutes. Alex just went, oh, God. I mean, does that make I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it? Sure. Okay. Hey, there's logic to that. Yeah, All right. But, now, they, but they didn't. Yeah, let's come back. Okay, that uh, volcano in Guatemala, the Fuego Volcano, uh, that volcano, uh, the death toll keeps rising. Now they're saying, and this is as of, I think, last night, 69 people at least were killed. I don't know if there's an update and, from this morning. And here's the scary part. I'm willing to bet there are people that are under the lava that they'll never discover. Because this thing happens so quickly. And uh, it's just, oh, it's, it's, ter- it's terrible. I mean, terrible enough that you had one injury in Hawaii. You know, I mean, a, a piece of lava hit some guy's foot or leg. Uh, but this, this is on a whole different level. Handel, you were just saying that people are buried. They, uh, CNN is reporting entire families are buried as Guatemalans battle to recover the dead after volcano eruption. Unbelievable. So sad. Yep. Well, uh, yesterday, this story, we were trying to figure out what happened, what was the motive. Now we might know why six people were killed by a guy in Arizona. And a source yesterday had said that they thought it was a family dispute. And in fact, it looks like it was a divorce. Yeah, divorce with custody issues and a crazy guy. Money issues. Clear back to 2011. Yeah. And as part of the divorce, the guy uh, who's a Dwight Lame, uh, Dwight Lamont Jones was supposed to go to psychiatric evaluations and therapy and whatnot. He ends up killing the psychologist, uh, two paralegals, his wife's, uh, what was it, his wife's attorney. You could tell he just started picking off right. people. Anybody who was involved, who even peripherally. he felt wronged yeah. by. Yeah. Uh, police in Nashville are looking for a guy who uh, was fired from his job at a gym, came back, killed his former supervisor with a hatchet. And the guy that killed his former boss with a hatchet at the gym is the same guy who was arrested on April 27th at the White House for trying to breach a vehicle checkpoint. So he was already, uh, you know, a disturbed man. Yeah. And they don't know where he is right now. Well, there was a transient who attacked a couple at a jack-in-the-box with a baseball bat, but it wasn't his baseball bat. He goes after this couple. The woman had just arrived for her shift at this jack-in-the-box with her boyfriend. They get out of the car. The transient comes up to them and starts attacking the, the man. Well, the woman grabs a baseball bat from inside her car trying to defend her boyfriend, but the suspect knocks her to the ground and then grabs the bat and then starts beating both of them with their own bat. And then another guy, the, the, another guy 
tried to help the couple, but then another guy started beating up the guy who was trying to help the couple. So then two people eventually fled the scene. Weird. Also, Jack in the Box. Jack in the Box went to hell when they got rid of the clown. They didn't get rid of the clown. Yeah, though. they I mean, did. They got you rid no of the longer, clown at you no the drive-thru. The, you, don't have, you no longer have the jack-in-the-box where you put in your order as you drive through. Oh, I see. That's right. The head the jack was in the box, head. and then the head coming out. Uh, after that, done. I will never go to another jack-in-the-box. What uh, the hell in a handbasket? Okay. A firefighter in Texas under arrest. You would never guess the crime, so I'll tell you. Being married to too many women at the same time. Yeah. The idea of being arrested for being an Italian fog. He was in an Italian fog at the time. I've not heard that phrase before. Right. He was a. It was a, a big amist. Oh. <laughs> wow. Oh. Handle. Anybody know anybody over at Dixie Riddle Cups? <laughs> Nathaniel Diamato uh, was taken. Oh, they arrested him at his fire station. Oh. And here- apparently he's just been he, he, he's been running around marrying different women without divorcing the other ones. Now, however, the story also talks about he was with several women who claimed to be married to him as common law wives. Uh, that is not a legal marriage, although it is considered a legal marriage in Texas. But it's all you do is leave one woman and start living with another woman. That is not a marriage. But one woman uh, one who came said down one, right, from Michigan to Texas said, to say, a, here's the proof we got right. married legally and, and we never got divorced. he got married divorced. legally to someone else. That is the crime. That's not several. That's one. So they're making a, a big deal out of this. So this is beyond a miss. This is right into fog. Uh, let's you take a come break. Back? Yeah, let's take a break. Let's yeah. take a break. Sure, why not? We'll be back and finish us up. Uh, but first, we'll check in with that gentleman. Now I'm gone, now I'm gone, now I'm gone. Say bye. Handle on a uh, election day, uh, June 5th, coming up in a few minutes. I'm going to go through the major gubernatorial candidates and their positions. And uh, it's pretty broad goes truly from uh, very right to very left. So we have some choices today. All right. Now, let's finish up handle on the news. Jennifer Jones Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me. And Woody Allen sees himself as a role model for other men. No role models and I'm here right now. Couldn't no agree more. What a piece of work uh, marrying his uh, or marrying Mia Farrow's adopted uh, daughter. Uh, that one was kind of weird. And what, he was in his 40s, I think, at the time. Uh, she was eight. <laughs> Not quite, but eight. close. Close, close enough. 18, I don't know. Uh, he's saying because has any actress ever accused him of anything? Other than Mia Farrow. No. And Mia Farrow is basically nuts. She had uh, sent uh, Woody Allen the voodoo doll with the pins. Mm-hmm. I mean, just kind of bizarre in the cutout uh, paper figures. Uh, that was pretty strange. And he was talking about, you know, Dylan Farrow's sexual abuse allegations and saying, hey, look, got looked at over the last 25 years and everybody came to the conclusion it was untrue. He says he's a big advocate for the Me Too movement and added that he should be considered the poster boy of the movement because he has worked with so many actresses and none of them have accused him of sexual assault well, that, or harassment. That's a lot of directors, isn't it? Wow. Uh, wow. Gonna be, yeah. there, there are going to be a lot of poster directors out there who, uh, have, uh, who fall into that category. The main guy at the National Park Service had to apologize for um, 
inappropriate behavior in a public hallway. I'm sorry. Yep. He, let's just flip all the cards. He grabbed his private area and pretended that he was doing a number one on the wall. But... We're That's not, what he did. But he didn't expose himself. No, no, he didn't. He, he didn't. Just, he, he made a yeah, gesture. He didn't reveal anything. He just right. made the gesture. And now uh, I am sure he is. Uh, they're going to try him, and I'm sure he'll get ten or twenty years. There was in jail an for inspector that. general investigation into Come on. him pretending to pee on the wall in the hallway. Pretending to pee in it could have been humorous. It could have probably. He was making some kind of joke. I am at this point. I am so shocked. I'm still working here. It absolutely stuns me. Uh, I'm serious. <laughs> Uh, the stuff that I do in the hallway and uh, the jokes that I make. I mean, it's just, uh, and I've been doing that for, uh, well, my entire life. Don't, don't. What? Don't invite anything. No, I know. Yeah. Don't don't invite someone to decide. Yeah, let's go for it. But to, But kind of to your point, Handel, why is it that when you say something, all of us just roll our eyes and walk away and we don't think twice about it? That says something about us, not him. I don't know. But, because, no, I, I mean, it, it's the reaction to it says something about the person who, who hears it or sees it. I must, Not about the person yeah, who says you, it or does it. I'm, I'm, it when I'm, we're talking about this kind of just Yeah, hijinks. also, I'm not in politics. I'm not in, uh, I'm not in the administration. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm an entertainer. So it's, uh, it's very different. But still, uh, it's depressing where this has gone, truly. An investigation for someone who grabs his crotch and makes some kind of a stupid statement. Not even particularly uh, sexual in terms of uh, hitting up on anybody. Oh, it's not sexual at all. I mean, how many people no. have just pretended like, oh, I'm urinating on yeah. something? Or grab the, grab the crotch and say, here's what I think of uh, this. Uh, that now, uh, you now have an investigation. I mean, it's just, okay. It Let's is. move on. Yeah, it is what it is. Well, a senior aide to the EPA administrator apparently helped him on a variety of personal things, including getting a mattress from Trump International Hotel. I like to drink to do it, drop oh, Here's another one. So you ask an assistant, which you can't do. All right, you can't, you, you, you're not allowed to do that. Do a personal favor. Hey, would you ask if I can get a mattress? That's an ethical violation. And that becomes a news item. Booking personal travel for him. Right. Basically asking his uh, assistant to do personal tasks rather than professional tasks. Right. All right. Well, In the government, okay. you're not how supposed about, to do it. How about just a letter saying, hey, knock it off? Yeah. You know, just stop it. Oh, no. Oh, no. It is. It's a major news story. I mean, it just, this is ripping me to shreds. Uh, in terms of there is anything wrong on any level where just a warning works. Uh, no, 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 not at all. Uh, <laughs> Jen, these guys are from your neck of the woods up in Sacramento. Two guys stole a whole bunch of baseball gloves from a Dick's Sporting Goods. And uh, I guess they didn't want to get pulled over while they were driving away with the stash. But they didn't have a registration sticker on the car. Right. So they made one with a piece of blue tape and they just wrote with a Sharpie 19. Yeah. Didn't work. Yeah. Geniuses. Can't figure out why it didn't work. Each of them was on probation. They both had suspended driver's licenses and $2,800 worth of baseball gloves. All right. Here's another one of those. You can't do this anymore, no matter what. A first grade teacher got in trouble with the class after a family complained about their kids' class clown and most talkative superlatives. Send in the clown. 
Pretty sure I got voted most talkative. Uh, and I certainly was voted class clown and most talkative. But God forbid you have that anymore. Oh, you can't do that anymore. You can't. You can't even have winners anymore. Everybody oh. has to win. You know, my my kids went to a, and I've shared with this before. Uh, there was a birthday party where they had a tournament, a bowling tournament, with teams and individuals winning. And at the end, uh, they handed out uh, the trophies. Every trophy was exactly the same. World's greatest bowler. Yeah, okay, what a yeah, what a crock. Oh, Dad, look at me. I'm the world's greatest bowler. No, you're not. You actually suck at bowling. I was there. <laughs> My kids have some big issues. You know that, don't you? I wonder they're gonna why. Be, they're going to be in therapy for a very, very long time. All right. We're done, aren't we? Yeah. Fair enough. Oh, we went through every story, guys. <laughs> 16 stories. Boy, that doesn't happen all that often. All right. Uh, coming up, the gubernatorial race. I'm going to go through some of the... Uh, uh, well, there's 27 uh, applicants, if you will, uh, that 27 people uh, ha- are running for governor. But I'm going to go through the top three, four, and we're at, at where they stand. And it's all over the place. That's coming right up because you haven't voted yet. KFI AM 640. Take me out. And good morning, everybody. Handle, it is a Tuesday, June 5th, Election Day. Uh, and it's uh, today, this is a pretty important election, even though it's a primary. And I'll explain why. And uh, here's the major stories. Of course, uh, Election Day is here. A handle voting guide is on the website. You cannot use it. Uh, it shouldn't even be a handle voting guide. That's just a bad name for it. It's how handle is going to vote. Isn't he sort of dumb? Yes, that's what we'll call it. Uh, volcanoes, uh, the Fuego volcano in Guatemala killed at least 69 people, buried entire villages. This is like Pompeii. And in Hawaii, almost 10,000 earthquakes since uh, the initial one last month. And Harvey Weinstein pleads not guilty to three felony counts in New York uh, Supreme Court. But it's not the Supreme Court. New York, they call the lower court, the regular court, the Supreme Court. It's very strange. Okay, guys. The election is today, and I just want to spend some time talking about the governor's race because that's really the most interesting and really the only interesting, as far as I'm concerned. It's a big one. And so I'd go through uh, the positions of the various candidates, and I want to start with uh, Lieutenant Governor Gavin Newsom, former mayor of San Francisco, a Democrat. He will be the governor come November. Uh, His lead is almost insurmountable, and he has tons of money. And uh, just he has a basic philosophy. If you are poor, then you get everything uh, that you want or could ever need. And uh, as long as the wealthy pay for it. That's it. If you have money under Gavin Newsom, it's all going to walk out the door and go to poor people. Karl Marx. Uh, He wants uh, universal preschool in the state. uh, Greater education or greater focus on investing in early childhood education. Uh, care for the first three years of a child's life, rack up the amount of money that would cost alone. Let's just let's just start talking how much money, right? Uh, he wants developers to build 3.5 million homes. Fair enough. Uh, when he takes office through 2025, and he really needs that, uh, a five-fold increase in estate tax credit 
to finance low-income housing. Okay, more money. Uh, bringing the state budget to $500 million a year for that. Uh, eliminates uh, regulations that make it difficult for developers to produce even middle-income uh, homes. Fair enough. Uh, in November, uh, there is a ballot measure that would allow uh, government to expand rent control, the limitation on a local government to increase rent control he is against. He would appoint a cabinet-level homelessness czar who, incidentally, lives on the street. Okay, and the office will be three refrigerator boxes in front of the state building. I mean, if we're going to do homelessness, we're going to go balls to the wall. And uh, immigration hates the sanctuary state law. Uh, Now, uh, or excuse me, strong supporter of the sanctuary state law. I don't know where I went on that one. Uh, Wants sanctuary everything. Just loves sanctuary. Uh, As mayor, he presided over the city's sanctuary policies. I think I was one of the first cities to declare itself a sanctuary city. Uh, Goes to Twitter a lot. He Twitters just like uh, Trump does. Slams the president's immigration policy, uh, the plan to build the wall, very much against that. Uh, He is uh, in favor of a single-payer health care system for California, which is untenable. It's either all or nothing. Either you have a federal system or you have nothing. Uh, And by the way, when asking how how do you pay for that, doesn't know, Uh, especially when you add all the other stuff. And uh, But that's become a big part of his campaign. Uh, also um, wants to, uh, well, he supports um, uh, an effort by uh, labor unions, health organization, immigrants' rights, rights group uh, to steer the health uh, care debate in that direction. Uh, and, because, and because he loves that. Anything that in favor of health care he's for. Uh, supports, of course, the gas tax and vehicle fees. Probably says they're not high enough. He actually has been accused of flip-flopping on the high-speed rail, but basically he's in favor of the high-speed rail and uh, approves the water bond, the $7.5 billion water bond, uh, $2.7 billion for water storage, and loves the Delta Tunnel Project. And uh, if you add up what it's all going to cost... It's basically a trillion dollars. Uh, and, uh, and, of course, you have to raise taxes for that. And, uh, see, already we're the highest uh, tax state in the union by a long shot. He, what he wants to do is add four longs to that by a long, 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 long shot. Isn't that special? Okay. Then, uh, so he's going to win. He'll certainly be the number one. Then the fight is going to be for number two. Because the top two, uh, as far as our primaries are concerned here in California, were really weird, uh, is, uh, of course, Antonio Villaragosa, who is uh, hated by many people, especially by my wife, Marjorie. She does not hate anybody, right? She loves everybody. Right? She thought Charles Manson was okay. Uh, she's just, because she's just a nice lady, hates Villaragosa with a passion, all right, uh, education, central plank of his, uh, of his campaign. Uh, charter schools, that's really his big one. He loves charter schools, 
And when you look at all of the ads that have been running in his favor, charter school advocates have spent a fortune promoting his run, his gubernatorial run. And you've heard commercial after commercial. Oh, you've seen the one on TV where he's sitting in the bus, right? There he is because uh, he loves bus riders. First of all, if you look at the uh, the people on the bus, they're all dressed nicely. Okay, uh, come on, give me a break. Really? Ever been on a bus? And he's in the back of the bus, right? The camera's on him, and he's sitting down. And the first question I have, when the, the only time he has ever been in a bus was when he was filming this commercial. And I'm willing to bet it wasn't even a real bus. It was a mock-up. He went to some Hollywood stay, uh, soundstage, and he rented the people on the bus, and there he is. Good commercial, isn't it? We'll be back. I want to finish up more about Via Ragosa, and uh, then the um, the guy who probably is going to be on, uh, and he, he overcame a lot of odds, uh, uh, John Cox, Republican. So I'll come back and finish up Via Ragosa, and then John Cox. KFI AM. With them fields of gold and cotton rolls and never ending sky. That take it slow, easy road, man, it's life. Caught up in the country. All right, KFI handle here. Uh, election day. Other big stories that we're covering. Uh, the volcano in Guatemala, 69 people dead. Entire dead, entire villages uh, uh, covered up. And then Harvey Weinstein uh, pleading not guilty to three felony counts uh uh, two counts of rape, one first-degree criminal sex charge. All right, back we go to the gubernatorial race, and I'm going through the positions that the top three candidates are. I mean, the real race here is between Villaragosa and John Cox to see who is going to be in the top two because California primaries very bizarre. And, by the way, it is uh, totally mis- misguided when they did that. They did this because uh, they wanted a more equal approach, uh, because they didn't like the polarization. It caused more polarization. Okay, so Villaragosa, who uh, was sort of certainly going to be in the top two, may not be, probably won't be. So anyway, he's a big charter school guy, former male, mayor of Los Angeles, uh, million pothole king, and he stopped doing that when he didn't come close to a million potholes. Uh, God, he ran on that too. Uh, I mean, go figure, huh? Uh, he wants uh, new housing, fair enough. Uh, he wants uh, cities and counties to set aside property tax to help finance low-income housing. $10 billion revolving loan fund. Don't quite know where he's going to get that money. Uh, against the rent control ballot measure, uh, he wants the cities to, uh, uh, in fact, uh, have uh, all the power in the world. And uh, he wants a state to match spending on local programs to address homelessness. Of course he does. Big immigration guy. He's Hispanic. So uh, he, uh, Los Angeles had sanctuary policies when Villaraigosa was in mail. Uh, a mayor, before sanctuary cities, uh, L.A. was a sanctuary city. And uh, single payer, qualified support. Uh, he's also made uh, transportation a big issue. Wants a ballot measure to fund uh, the Subway to the Sea project. Uh-huh. Uh, has been sort of okay on the gas tax, really hasn't gone crazy. Uh, I, this one I love. On the bullet train, he said uh, he would find private investors to plug the finding gap. Where? 
Where do you find private investors where every private investment organization said you are dreaming? We're not putting Jack into this. But he'll find people that are, well, special needs private investigators. There are some spe- there are some funds out there that are run by special needs people, and he'll get the money from them. Crazy. Okay, John Cox. This is the man I'm voting for because uh, he understands that you can't just manufacture money. Uh, vouchers for low-income students because he realizes that uh, public education, the public school system, read LAUSD, sucks. And uh, here it is. If you don't go there... Uh, you you have to go somewhere, and we're spending $10,000 a year for students anyways, so take it and go to a good school. Uh, blasted the cost of higher education in the state. Uh, look at professors to work more. He owns real estate. Uh, he has a goal for developers to build 3 million new homes over the next de- decade. Why? Be- how do you do that? You take away... The difficulty in building. My brother is built. He's a developer. I was in the construction business. You can't build anymore because both the state and particularly the city, especially L.A., make it impossible to build. Literally impossible. So uh, he wants to do away with those measures. Uh, Immigration, totally the other way as to uh, the Democrats. Uh, Get rid of the sanctuary state completely gone Opposed, of course, to the state-run single-payer health care. And uh, he said the only way you can do that is to drastically cut payment to hospitals, doctors, which they've already done, and pharmaceutical companies, which we have not done. He hates the increased gas tax and vehicle tax, hates the high-speed rail, which is ludicrous. Again, private investors... You know, where do you find them? Because they've already all said no. Uh, He opposes the Delta Tunnels project. He's fine with us having no water at all, which is great. He doesn't bathe anyway, so what difference does it make? By the way, I've just made that up. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not, but I'm still voting for him. And then then Travis Allen, uh, and he's going to go no place. Uh, He's just uh, there. He's a Huntington Beach assemblyman. Uh, also charter schools, uh, wants teacher accountability, uh, has a goal for developers to build at least a million new homes. Oh, I love this. He argues, I love this one, and thank goodness he's not going to get anywhere near the top two. But uh, he doesn't support subsidizing low-income housing, saying that if you get rid of the taxes and the fees, developers will build for people of all incomes. All right, so hang on a minute, okay? You're a developer, and you can build a piece of property, let's say a condo development, that sell that would sell for $500,000. But in your heart of hearts, you want people who can afford $250,000, and you're going to build for them. What planet is this guy on? No. They're not going to build for people of all incomes because property, it's too expensive. The land is too expensive. You have to build for the market. And guess what? Poor people don't buy houses. And when poor people can afford houses, the state is subsidizing or the developers are forced. And this is exactly what happens now. You can't get a building permit unless you take a percentage of your units 
and build it for low-income housing. That's the only way it gets built. The state has to force the issue, or the city, in this case, has to force the issue. Unfortunately, with Los Angeles, if you're building a 28-unit piece of property, for example, 27 units have to be for low-income housing, and one you make money on. Maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit, but not a whole lot. All right, coming up next, Pardon Palooza. Oh, that's a lot of fun. And just the technical aspects of it. And uh, it's, you know, these are hypotheticals, but we have a ball talking about them. This is KFI, and there is... A gen- I stand by my pardon, 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 my pardon. Oh, pardon Handle here on a uh, Election Day Tuesday. Hey, coming up on Saturday, June 16th, Law Day 2018 at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana from 9 to 2. Over 100 legal experts giving you advice in virtually every area of the law. Free seminars, uh, prizes throughout the day. Uh, Saturday, June 16th, 9 to 2 at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. Uh, Log on to KFIAM640.com. The keyword is Law Day, sponsored by the Bowers Museum. During Law Day, get a $5 discount to visit all of the exhibits at the Bowers. Okay, Uh, the pardon business. So much fun is going on with that. I mean, so much fun. And that is Giuliani, uh, I think, uh, uh, really brought this uh, little news item. And it really isn't much. When you think about it, it's more fun. But he basically said the the president has the power to pardon himself. And But he did say, but you know what? Uh, it's never going to happen. It's a hypothetical. He never would, which is absolutely true. And then Trump puts in, steps in uh, this whole mess, and of course, uh, now it goes crazy. He tweeted, I have the absolute right to pardon myself, but why would I do that when I've done nothing wrong? So does he have the right? There's the argument. Does the president have the right to pardon himself? Uh, Who the hell knows? Who the hell knows? Uh, here's the pardon, uh, clause in the U S constitution. The president shall have the power to grant reprieves and pardons for offenses against the United States, except in cases of impeachment. Don't, I don't even know if that works. He, he, He can't pardon himself during an impeachment process, but can he pardon himself for any criminal act he committed? And there's a whole discussion about that. Just to give you a quick little history of pardons, and this is kind of fun. Uh, it goes back to uh, the founding fathers. You know who the first president who uh, fa- who pardoned? George Washington. It goes back that far. Uh, he pardoned uh, people at the Whiskey Rebellion. It was the first anti-tax uh, the first movement, and uh, people were convicted, two of them of treason. Uh, he gave them their pardon. By the way, they were... Uh, they were sentenced to death. And uh, so Washington did it 16 times, 12 on a single day. John Adams, 21 times. Thomas Jefferson, third pre- uh, president, 119 times. Then we go to 1868, Andrew uh, Johnson. Uh, every person who it directly or indirectly participated in the late, late insurrection or rebellion, the Confederates, Anybody who was part of, and that's everybody in the Confederacy who went uh, against the United States, everybody got pardoned. Uh, Carter, the Vietnam War draft resistors, or registered, the anti-draft folks who wouldn't register for the draft or went to Canada, and those are criminal acts. Guess what? 
they all were pardoned. And here's a couple of weird ones about Carter. He pardoned Watergate-era convict G. Gordon Liddy. And here's the strangest one of all, is Carter pardoned folk singer Peter Yarrow, who was convicted of crimes against America for singing Puff the Magic Dragon. And I never thought that that conviction would be overturned. Barack Obama. Uh, oh, here's one. He uh, pardoned uh, he pardoned Abdullahi Muse, uh, one of the Somali pirates uh, that you saw in uh, the film Captain Phillips. So Obama granted pardons to almost two thousand people. Franklin Roosevelt is the biggest one, thirty six hundred and eighty seven pardons. But this is the course of over uh, twelve years. Uh, Richard Nixon. Here's a little bit of history. The only president in the history of the United States who both issued pardons and received a pardon. Bill Clinton pardoned his brother, Roger Clinton, after he served time for cocaine possession. Uh, Ronald Reagan pardoned New York Yankees owner George Steinbrenner. Uh, Nixon commuted the sentence of Jimmy Hoffa. Although by that point, uh, I know, was Hoffa in jail at that point or did he already disappeared? I mean, the, the whole pardon issue is wonderful, but it's just fun. It is truly just fun. All right, uh, coming up, uh, Quake Refugees. What happens when the big one hits here in Southern California? It's not just who gets hurt during the quake. It's what happens to us after the quake. And I'll explain that one. KFI AM 640. Mr. KFI handle here on a uh, Tuesday election day. And you go to the website, and uh, there is my election. It's not a guide because you're not supposed to listen to it. It's sort of uh, here's what hand, here's the handle is voting for in case you give a rat's. Uh, big stories uh, that we're covering, the volcano in Guatemala. I mean, forget about the volcano in uh, Hawaii. That's bad enough. The Guatemala one has killed at least 69 people and is entired, buried entire ashes. And then Harvey Weinstein, not guilty, is what he pleads in the three felony sexual assault charges. Okay, now, we're expecting the big one to hit, right? The big earthquake. Matter of fact, every time I get into the shower in the morning... Surprised that I do that. Uh, you know what I think? Is it going to happen while I'm in the shower? You know why? Because the last two or three have happened at about 4 o'clock, 4.30 in the morning. Right where I'm in the shower. And I'm going, does it happen now? I mean, do I run out the door stark naked? When does it happen? And I look at how much money it's going to cost me when, uh, you know, Marjorie's plates fall on the ground it's uh i gotta tell you i think about it constantly so what's going to happen well we know building a big big one now uh buildings will topple and hundreds of people will probably be killed not thousands not ten of thousands because we do a pretty good job of building particularly here in southern california the problem is that the fires afterwards gas lines explode or gas lines open up Hydrants don't work because those are cut. 
And uh, now what do you do, right? Uh, In San Francisco, more than 400,000 could be displaced just with a magnitude 7 earthquake. And it's far going to be far worse in San Francisco because it has so many old, old buildings that were all built before uh, any kind of earthquake code came in. How many buildings do we have here that are 1800s era? We don't. San Francisco is full of them. Now, there'll be public shelters, lots of them. Uh, not Not everyone will need to stay because you have relatives and friends. There are hotels. But... They're figuring 170,000 people will have no other choice than to stay at a public shelter in Southern California. 175,000 people. I mean, think of that. Not only the space, but the food, the water. I mean, it is crazy. And in the Bay Area, we're talking not even rebuilding. Because housing is obviously so precious uh, that effectively there's no land. And what do you do when a lot is 50 by uh, or 25 feet wide? What are you going to do? Put low-cost housing there? Arizona uh, recently uh, took a major step. Uh, and here's what they came up with. Not what happens to Arizona, but what do you do with a mass exodus of people coming from Southern California into Arizona? Uh, that is a real trick. How do they respond to food and shelter, unaccompanied minors, family reunification, transportation, resources, lack of power? Now, lack of power you can live with, right? Sure, why not? You know, you got candles, etc. But let's say you want to go anyplace and you want to fill your tank up to get out. Well... If uh, you don't have much gas in your tank, you're out of luck. Marjorie fills up her gas tank when it's half full. She goes straight to the top. There's never less than half. Uh, I, unfortunately, will go down to fumes. Uh, My daughter will call me up and say, I'm out of gas. Bring a gas tank. Why didn't she go to a gas station? Uh, She's lazy. So it's going to be tough. So what is the, uh, what do you do? Well, the same answer you've been hearing. Uh, you store water, food, medicine for hopefully two weeks or at least a minimum of 72 hours. And a gallon of water per day is recommended. Uh, do cases of Diet Coke count as <laughs> a gallon of water per day? Because if that's the case... I have enough water to feed uh, this entire show for the next six months. If you consider the uh, the Diet Coke as as water, I think I think so. So if uh, the San Andreas Fault goes, now we're talking some real issues down here. Oh, L.A. Here's a little factoid: has never lost population except for two years. The year following the 1971 Silmar quake, that was 1972. And in 1994, after the Northridge quake, that's when our population went south. And you know, it, you know what they say. You know it's coming. It's just a question of when. And the real trick is if you're selling your house, 
you're praying that the earthquake hits five minutes after the close of escrow. I was just thinking about this this past weekend. Please don't let it happen before August. Please That's don't it. let it happen before oh, August. Oh, yeah, exactly. And I don't know how many people think of the earthquake. I think of it constantly. I do, too. I know. It's it's crazy. Uh, Alex, you think of it constantly? Yeah, you and I have discussions about this, like, what, once a week at least? Well, I've gone through I've like- gone through several of these quakes. And I'm fine with earthquakes. I mean, I don't care. I mean, the earth shakes. The problem is, is what happens to property. My property. Yeah, your property. Eh, I mean, I'll feel bad, sort of, but my property actually kills me. John, do you know what an earthquake is? <laughs> so mean to him this morning. <laughs> I do. Okay. Coming up, the Chinese stake in the U.S. North Korea meeting, and it's big. China is all over this. KFI AM six forty. We lead local from the KFI 24-hour newsroom. I'm Jennifer Jones-Lee. KFI handle here on election day. And, of course, uh, that's a big day. We're going to find out tomorrow. Actually, John Tom is going to join us tomorrow. Uh, to analyze what happened and how many of uh, his candidates lost. As you know, he is a, an analyst, a Republican analyst, st- strategist, and he has uh, some people that he's working with. Also, a big story about Guatemala and its volcano. 69 people dead, entire villages buried. And uh, Hawaii, that quake is still going on. All right, so some of those big stories. Now... Uh, let's talk about China. Where'd I, where'd I, here it is. Got all mixed up, of course. Okay, uh, the North Korea summit is, in fact, coming in a week with, uh, Kim Jong-un and our president. It's going to happen in Singapore, as you know. It's back on. And the re- one of the reasons it was off was because of China. China is up to its eyeballs in this one and does not want to be left out for a bunch of reasons. And as a matter of fact, China may actually dictate the ending. So until recently, China uh, was sharing our concern, our growing concern about Pyongyang's uh, nuclear, nuclear, nuclear tests and ballistic missiles. And uh, there was a, a the United Nations resolution, the Chinese president, Jing, uh, Xi Jinping, began squeezing North Koreans and with the toughest economic sanctions ever. I mean, the Chinese started squeezing North Korea because North Korea's economy is 90 percent with China. And when China starts sanctioning, man, it really hurts. So here's what ended up happening. Trump instantly accepted Kim's surprise invitation for a summit in March and... Uh, what happened is the Chinese leader, President Xi, reverses his course almost overnight. He goes from sanctions to being uh, Kim Jong-un's best friend. And now that raises alarm in Washington. And so uh, President Xi, instead of stepping up pressure, invites Kim to Beijing for the first foreign trip he's taken in, uh, since 2011. Kim arrives on that armored train. He's there at the Great Hall of the People. And it's seen as uh, a a rapprochement 
between, that's rapprochement, but if you speak French like I do, it's rapprochement, uh, like baguette, uh, between the two. And here's the big one. No one knew that at that time, Xi and Kim met again. Of course, we know that. They met again in Northeast China in May. And now China begins to allow cross-border trade to pick up again. Why? Why would they do that? Especially since right after that, Kim starts with his belligerent rhetoric, goes back to it against the United States. And, of course, whenever there is belligerency from Kim against Trump or against the administration, Trump goes right back and attacks Kim. So we were back at uh, mine is bigger than yours. I can blow you up. No, I can blow you up. And so China now starts allowing uh, this cross-border trade. Trump was blindsided by that second meeting. He said it occurred out of nowhere. And he warned that Xi could be influencing Kim to raise the demands against the United States. And Trump and Xi have spoken many times. And as a matter of fact, the thinking was that uh, Kim Jong-un may have actually sought Xi's advice on negotiating with uh, the Trump administration. Because we've been negotiating with China for years and years. So, what ends up happening? Trump and Kim summit is back on. China's growing role is a wild card now. And why would China be so upset about this meeting between Kim and the president? Because they're afraid of being marginalized. That's why. Because any deal that's cut that doesn't include China, keep in mind, China wants to control the South China Seas. Right? China deals with Japan. It is a world power, and especially in that area of the world, uh, nothing is going to happen without their involvement. And if you have a summit between Kim and North Korea and China is not involved, that's going to make the Chinese very, very unhappy. So here is uh, what China says or thinks, and this is according to U.S. policymakers. That any potential nuclear disarmament would, of course, require some U.S. concessions. And those concessions uh, are likely to weaken America's military uh, posture on the Korean Peninsula and throughout Asia. And that's exactly what China wants. Reduce American power and allow it to increase the Chinese power. And again, the big thing is the South China Seas that China is claiming as its own. Our argument is it's international waters, and China is going, well, not really. We now have islands all over, man-made islands. They're building islands in strategic places. And keep in mind that international waters are are 200 miles from your territory. So if you put an island in the middle of nowhere, it belongs to China, and 200 miles all the way around is belongs to China and is considered Chinese waters. I have to tell you, that's a big one. Anything that reduces U.S. influence and power, uh, for example, uh, getting rid of the 30,000 or so military personnel from South Korea along the DMZ, that alone measures China's hand in that area. So Xi has reasserted 
China has an indispensable role in any of these negotiations with any major geopolitical currents in Asia. And that means that a Kim-Trump summit excluding China, uh uh-uh, they're not very happy with it. So you'll see. You will see what happens on the 12th. It's going to be fascinating. And China, I mean, there'll be a summit, just those two. But I'll tell you, they're going to be eating Chinese food. That is, they will be talking over fortune cookies. That's where any kind of a written statement will be, uh, will the, uh, that paper will be uh, used. Okay, coming up next, uh, North Korea wants a McDonald's. Does that mean much? Eh, yes. I'll explain. KFI AM 640. KFI handle here. Oh, yeah, Tuesday, Election Day. Uh, tomorrow, John Thomas is going to join us. At what time, Alex? 7 o'clock uh, to analyze what happened today. And the fun part, since you know uh, John is running several campaigns here in California, uh, we get to uh, ask him how many he has lost. That's always fun. Okay, that's tomorrow at 7 uh, other big news recovering uh, Guatemala's Fuego volcanoes killed at least 69 entire villages covered in lava. Man, that is a huge disaster. And uh, this morning, well, Harvey Weinstein uh, pled uh, not guilty to the criminal charges. And we're just moving ahead with so much going on. OK, uh, here is a story I want to share with you. And this is kind of fun. Uh, North Korea wants a McDonald's. And so, okay, they put a McDonald's in Pyongyang, and, of course, uh, it's going to be jammed, and it'll be instantly the busiest McDonald's on the planet because that's what happened. That's what happened in Russia, which at that point became the biggest one in Russia and Moscow, and then the same thing happened in Beijing. And uh, now if it goes to North Korea, so what ends up happening? Oh, it makes a fortune for McDonald's, right? Oh, there is so much more to that. First of all, it may happen simply as a show of goodwill to the United States. That's always uh, a nice way to say, hey, goodwill and what is an iconic way to show it? Well, you bring in a McDonald's because McDonald's is considered the fast food, American fast food franchise uh, around the world. Although Kentucky Fried Chicken does very well. Do you know that KFC was there before McDonald's in uh, China? Yeah. Very, it's it's good. And then Burger King's all over the place. Neil, for example, whenever he travels, Neil Saavedra, he goes from McDonald's to McDonald's so he can compare them in different countries. Yeah, I think he's got uh, part of his archives is that. Which country has the best McDonald's? The worst, he said, was uh, Brazil. He said it was a disaster in Brazil. Anyway, so uh, what happens when a McDonald's goes into a foreign country? Well, it is, McDonald's is a symbol of our entrepreneurship and the globalization. When it went into Europe, it actually used the tagline, United Tastes of America. Let me tell you how well that went over in Europe, right? Uh, it also promises to bring all American business values, speed, standardization, efficiency to the country where it operates. Effectively, what it does is when it enters a country on a global scale, well, at least on a countrywide scale, it says this is what America is about. Fast, efficient, profitable, and uh, can you imagine that in communist countries? Well, so-called communist countries, dictatorships. 
head spin. And who is going to go to the McDonald's? It's not going to be that poor guy digging trenches outside of Pyongyang. No, it's going to be to the elite. It's going to be to the folks that run the finance and the military. Uh, They're going to go to the McDonald's. Now, are they going to change anything? Of course not. I mean, Kim Jong-un is Kim Jong-un. But uh, they're going to see that there's a whole different world in terms of doing business uh, in North Korea. I'm not talking about doing business business because there's no such thing as a private business where the government is not involved. But it's very much big picture. McDonald's now operates over 37,000 locations in 120 countries. So Moscow, 1990, boy, I remember that. Russians waited in line for hours to eat at the McDonald's. And then in Beijing, people waited for hours. And the Chinese don't even like McDonald's, incidentally. They're not big into burgers at all. So why would they wait hours and hours? Because they wanted a a little bit of America. They wanted this flavor, if you will, of America. And when you're talking about countries that don't think the way we do, Russia, China, North Korea, that is a big, big deal. So why is it good? Well, there's that notion that it's going to start cultural and economic ties between uh, North Korea and the United States, which can reduce conflict. Uh, There is a great theory that is bandied about, and it's more apocryphal than it is reality. And that is countries that have McDonald's in them never go to war. If you have two countries that have strained relations and each of them have a McDonald's, they never go to war. Now, uh, Kim Jong-un is believed to like burgers. In 2011, uh, a newspaper in South Korea reported that his father, Kim Jong-il, regularly flew McDonald's in from China on uh, the jets. On, as a matter of fact, Air Corio jets. And, of course, you know the President Trump is a huge fan of fast food. So there is a, can you imagine, in Singapore where they have McDonald's, can you imagine them sitting down, Kim Jong-un and the President, to a couple of burgers, a couple of Big Macs? Wouldn't that be spectacular, huh? All right, coming up, Handle on the News, late edition, right here on KFI. Handle on the News, late edition. Handle on the News. I have a message for you. Bill Handle. We're coming for you. Run. And now, here's Bill Handle. All right, Handle here on a Tuesday election day. And uh, my, uh, I don't even want to call it an election guide because it really isn't. It's just here's how handles voting, agree, disagree. Frankly, I don't care because I don't care how you vote. It's, it's up to you. Don't care what religion, don't care who or what you have sex with. I just, as a matter of fact, we have one, a great story on that one coming up. But first, uh, let's do it. Lead story. Easy as they can for you to vote 
Even if you haven't registered, you can walk in today and be able to participate. You can uh, fill out a conditional voter register, a voter, you fill out a form and you vote. And it's a provisional vote. And so, yeah, right up to the last minute. Now, provisional votes are a little bit different because they're counted in the event uh, that there is uh, anything close to dispute. But it doesn't matter. You're still voting. And as a matter of fact, here's something brand new. They're allowing people to vote tomorrow. <laughs> mm, I don't think so. Really? No. Oh. But see, right here in my hot little hands, here is my mail-in vote. That I forgot to mail in. Oh. But it's still okay. I can drop it in the mail today or mm-hmm. take it to my local polling place. Right. So there you go. All right. So Miss America is saying goodbye to the itsy be- bitsy <laughs> the bikini. Miss America. Really? I tried to really? say it. No, no, no swimsuit. No swimsuit. The and entire board of directors are now women. women. No and swimsuit. And they have decided that it's a relic from days gone by. Yep. And no evening gown either. Of course not. Now it's you can just pick what you want. It's all about your you style. Seem, you seem upset about this, uh, You know, it's a pageant. Oh, they don't use the word pageant anymore. It is a pageant. Why even bother? So now it's become a talent show. And that's it. And how many women can you see twirling a baton? I mean, you're up to your eyeballs with that. How many women can you see in bikinis? Uh, oh, lots. I see. Lots. And then you have, oh, and then the speeches, right? How many times can you hear about world peace in these stupid-ass speeches? She says Gretchen Carlson, former <laughs> Miss America herself, says we will no longer judge our candidates on their outward physical appearance, and this will be inclusive to all women of shapes and sizes and uh, you know, that, and I and I understand mm, that, but you can't see. That's where we've come—the political correctness uh, to where uh, it's it's going to be anything but beauty. That's off the table because I guess that's uh, it, it's it's body shaming uh, in the sense of here's someone who is gorgeous. So therefore, if you're not, let's make you the gorgeous one or part and parcel the same thing. What it does is eliminate beauty. Beauty is no longer. So what are you going to have? You're going to have, you know, Miss Shanker. Right? That's going to be the next national pageant. I don't know. Maybe that could be a separate pageant where they vie for the title of Miss Shanker. Yeah. As a woman, I was totally fine with the Miss America pageant. Yeah, and that's my point. You know, it's for a small group of people. And uh, are you upset that good-looking people are models, for example? Even the plus-size models are not that heavy, and they are gorgeous women. You don't see ugly women in ads. That's body shaming. That should be against the law. And just remember, it was Gretchen Carlson who was on Fox, who was the first one to accuse Roger Ailes. I mean, you go back. She was she was kind of at the start yeah. of the whole Me Too movement. Yeah. Let's go back to Ms. Schenker. Uh, That's not. Both internationally and national. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Uh, Harvey Weinstein has pleaded not guilty. Oh, that's a given. Yeah, yeah. It's Especially a, at this stage of the case. Yeah. I, at this stage of the case, he's not being offered any no, kind of plea no. deals. And, and that could happen later. It might. Maybe. Yeah, but it's, eh. the, we knew he was going to plead guilty, yeah. so that's not big news. That's a formality. Okay. I am so uncomfortable with this next story. It is the latest sex scandal to rock MSU. Yeah, this is a good one. Ugh. A Michigan State physicist has been charged with bestiality, having sex with a basset hound. Now, let me make a point here, okay? 
if you're going to have sex with a dog, it might as well be a basset hound because of the big floppy ears. At least it's something to grab onto. Handle. What? Oh, man. Uh, Let's move on to something that maybe is just a tiny bit less upsetting. It's a $30 billion industry. Sex robots. And uh, the people who sell these sex robots are touting their ability to help people who have social interaction right. problems, people who are lonely, great right. psychological so benefits. So it's not robotic sex in the sense that it, there's nothing natural about it. I have one of these at home, uh, and its name is Marjorie. I knew you were going. Oh, yes. I knew it. I, you know you what? Just don't, you know what? I We've know. been working too long. I know, but together. I have a funny feeling uh, she does not describe you as a dynamo. Uh, that's also true. <laughs> but my, my nickname is Light Switch. And it isn't... Uh, never I th- mind. I think your nickname Both. is Dead Light Switch. Yeah, well, Light Switch, because that, that, that works on several different levels. Well, okay. the, these sex robots have dynamos. Anyway, here's the thing. Some researchers wanted to see if there's any scientific basis to say that having sex with robots is healthy for you, and uh, they're saying they can't find any. Now, they're not saying they found a bunch of evidence that it's bad for you, just they haven't found anything that is good for you. So let me ask you a question, okay? And there's some pretty sophisticated robots, Mm -hmm. uh, this one called Harmony specifically, Silicon Curves. I mean, there are... uh, are $15,000 for one of There are some uh, sex... Robots or sex dolls that are real, all out of Japan, I might add, really sophisticated. And uh, you would see, they don't talk about, and I'm, and I'm not making a joke here. Uh, they say it's not healthier for you, yay or nay. But how about the guys who simply have no ability to ever get laid? And uh, they they go ahead and buy one of these. Uh, don't you think that's healthier for it's them? It's clearly serving a purpose if it's a $30 billion industry. And and before we take the break, I would just like the record to show that I know that that doll costs $15,000 because it's right here in the article. I didn't know that otherwise. Oh, please. I saw the, <laughs> I saw the coupons where your monthly payments. Come on. It's been the weirdest start like to a handle your on the world. news in a long time. Uh, I'm paying off an <laughs> wow. incredibly expensive and sophisticated piece of technology with a coupon booklet. Well, yeah, they, you know, they. Uh... Yes, like when I had an auto loan right. 30 years ago. Yeah. Okay. Let's come back and finish this up, okay? Uh, oh, sure. Hand it over to me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, guys. I need a one dance. Got a Hennessy in my hand. One more time for I go. High up, I was taking a hold on me. Baby, I like it. KFI, handle here. All right, so much to talk about. Up at 9 o'clock, the 50th anniversary of the assassination of Robert Kennedy today. So we'll talk a little bit about that. And uh, uh, Supreme Court is hearing a uh, case, pretty important case, about cash call today and interest rates here in California. And there's a world to that. So... Uh, let's go ahead and finish up Handle on the News Late Edition. Jennifer Jones-Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me. And we're finally hearing from that school resource officer from Parkland who was dubbed the Coward of Broward after the shooting. Everyone considered him the coward of the county. Yeah, and he's feeling bad about it. There's no question. Yeah. Now, keep in mind, he was not violating policy either, right? There's an active shooter inside the building, and uh, it, it was up to him to decide whether to go in or not or to wait for backup. 
He claims he was frantically trying to figure out where the shooter was. Maybe. He says he stayed outside because he didn't want to expose himself because he wasn't sure where the gunman was. His first instinct when he got home that day was that he'd messed up. But he says what that he cleared the school. He said it, I, it's not. He said, in other words, it's not like I wasn't doing stuff. So what ends up happening uh, is now the philosophy is, uh, and maybe his policy is, if there is a shooting and kids are involved, the school you rush the shooter. That's it. Doesn't matter how many there are. Uh, it doesn't matter where they are. If you hear gunshots, you rush the shooter. But I think he would probably claim, I didn't know from where the shots were coming. So yeah. how could I rush? Yeah, well, you could. But I didn't know where the gun the Or gun at least if was. you're there, if you're watching inside and then you're looking for the guy, you can't be tagged for being a coward. And he was talking about, I heard part of this interview, and he was talking about the confusion from the reports that he was getting on his radio. At one point, he heard that the shots were coming from the football field, which was way far away from where the actual buildings were at the school. So, I mean, there was all kinds yeah. of crazy stuff going on in his, just even in his uh, radio. And uh, more fallout from that Parkland shooting. David Hogg, the student who's been quite an anti-gun activist, uh, his house was swatted this morning. He wasn't there. He's in D.C. with his mom getting a Human Rights Award, the RSK Human Rights Award. Uh, But somebody called 911 and said there was a hostage situation. Luckily, you know, they didn't go in guns blazing and nobody was hurt and they handled it very professionally. Yeah. All right, here, uh, oh, yeah, I love stupid lawsuits. Please, Jen. There's a former Navy sailor who was pardoned by President Trump who now says he plans to sue former President Obama. I'm going to sue! Sue! Yes, I'm going to sue! And why? Because he claims that Obama administration officials treated his case differently than how they handled Hillary Clinton's case. Right. Because in this one, he says he was... Uh, Subject to what he calls unequal protection under the law. He apparently had some, uh, he mishandled classified information, which he said Hillary Clinton did the same thing. He took photos uh, on a nuclear submarine, which everybody knows you're not supposed to do. Mm -hmm. She had a private email server with which almost everybody except Hillary Clinton knows that you're not supposed to do. But it's not the same exact thing. I'm I'm going to throw a legal premise at you, okay, that is very well known. And that is the question, why does a dog lick its uh, or his cojones? Because Because it can. can. And that's exactly this case. Why did the Justice Department go after him and not Hillary? Because it can. Why, when you're going 75 miles an hour and the cop tags you instead of the guy next to you going 75 miles an hour? Because they can. You're saying his case is meritless. That is correct. Uh, whoa. And the, a former officer. We have time? Yeah. yeah. Former officer with the uh, United States Defense Intelligence Agency was arrested. They say he was trying to spy on us for China. Oh, yeah. We get a lot of these. There, there are several. Oh, um, yeah. This China- guy's name, great name, Ron Rockwell Hanson. Yeah. He it's was arrested on his way to Seattle Airport to get a flight to China. Yeah, what was he going to do in China? He's going to do well in China, isn't he? Usually it's some Chinese guy who is, uh, who's who's been naturalized, was born in China, speaks perfect Chinese, and has a security clearance because he's a U.S. citizen. Usually that's the case. China does not stop with its espionage. Does not stop. There, are, It's 24 hours a day, hundreds, especially industrial espionage. 
Let's get this last uh, story, Tammy. Yes, it's a graduation speech from Ben Bowling. He's the 18-year-old valedictorian of Bell County High School, just north of Knoxville, Tennessee. And he had quite a quote from a president for the crowd. He's, he says, this is the part in my speech where I share some inspirational quotes I found on Google. Don't just get involved. Fight for your seat at the table. Better yet, fight for your seat at the head of the table. Donald J. Trump. Crowd goes wild, right? Then he says, just kidding. That was Barack Obama. And the applause went to silence. Yeah, and one guy booed. Somebody <laughs> in the audience booed when it was revealed that, uh, that Barack Obama said that. Yeah, it's hilarious. Okay, oh, guys, uh, we are done. Uh, coming up, it is the 50th anniversary of the assassination of Robert Kennedy right here in Los Angeles. And we are, I'll cover that a little bit, give you a, a little bit of historical background and maybe a what if. Uh, question. All of that coming up. KFI AM 640. KFI Handle here on a uh, Tuesday election day. Tomorrow, John Thomas joins us at 7. Talk about what happened yesterday, which happens to be today. So uh, that's certainly on the menu. Uh, Volcanoes, the Guatemala Fuego volcano is killed at least 69 and has buried entire villages. So that is a tough one. And Hawaii, with its volcanoes, had almost 10,000 earthquakes. And lastly, Harvey Weinstein has pled not guilty. All right. Uh, 50 years ago today was the assassination of Robert Kennedy right here in Los Angeles at the Ambassador Hotel, which is no longer here. And uh, this was in the embassy room at around midnight. He had just won the California primary. And he was on his way to actually getting the nomination. And he decided uh, late in the game, he decided right after Lyndon Johnson said, I will not accept the nomination. Now, keep in mind, uh, Johnson is a sitting president at that time. Automatically has a nomination if he wants it. Automatic. However, the war in Vietnam, it was just killing him. And so he and he had a chance of losing based on the war. So he bailed out. So all of a sudden, people are jumping in, including uh, RFK. And so he goes up to the microphone and declares victory, gives the victory sign. And uh, he was on his way. Now, he was going against uh, Eugene McCarthy at the time. uh, But he won. Now, it was still an uphill battle for the Democratic nomination. And um, was he going to make it or not? Uh, I don't know. But as this thing rolled, he had enough wins and primaries to really move ahead. And uh, what ended up happening, and this was so horrible, this was live on TV, what ended up happening was uh, that he was shot by this crazy Jordanian, Sirhan Sirhan, who attacked him, shot him, and it happened to be a Palestinian. Well, those days it was uh, mainly Jordanian because it was uh, the Palestinians weren't really getting a, a lot of uh, a, a lot of credentials going. They weren't getting a lot of gravitas because it was early in the world of Palestinians. But anyway, uh, what Sirhan Sirhan did it had to do with uh, the Arab-Israeli conflict. And uh, Robert Kennedy was a big fan of Israel as uh, various. Um, other politicians were. It was hard to be anti-Israel. Still is. And uh, there was, uh, well, Sirhan Sirhan uh, 
uh, has had 15 parole hearings. I think he died, didn't he? Did uh, Sirhan already die in prison? I really don't know that. Uh, and I, I'm trying to remember whether he did or not. Anyway, there were all kinds of questions about whether or not. What? He's still alive? Okay, I'm trying to remember who dies and who doesn't. And uh, immediately, of course, it uh, became controversy, conspiracy theory. Uh, there was another shooter. There's always another shooter. But the autopsy showed uh, that a bullet entered from the back of Robert Kennedy's head. Sirhan Sirhan is seen literally by witnesses going up to Robert uh, Kennedy's, uh, the front of him, and point blank shooting him and several times. Kennedy was hit three times. There is an iconic photo of a busboy at that time who was illegal. And uh, he was shaking hands with Robert Kennedy when he was shot. And the you, you see Robert Kennedy on the floor of uh, the ambassador. Of, it was a, it, Actually, it was part of the kitchen. He had just walked through. And it was, uh, he's on the floor. He looks askew, so you know uh, that there is a, a very severe head injury there. And uh, as he bends down, he takes his rosary out, and he's holding Robert Kennedy's uh, head. And it's, uh, it's, I think that photo may have very one, well won the Pulitzer that year. In any case, uh, immediately the autopsy showed one thing. What the witness uh, saw were something else. Uh, even Robert Kennedy's son is now saying, or has for a while, there was another shooter. There was something else going on. And uh, so the controversy exploded, and to this day, uh, gee, there was another shooter who hasn't uh, been caught yet. Five other people uh, were also wounded. Uh, Paul Schrade, the regional director of uh, United Auto Workers, a close friend, William Wiesel, a retired ABC News associate director, and uh, Rayford Johnson was there. There were two people there. Uh, that uh, were involved. Rosie Greer, who was a former football player, massive. I think he was a tackle for the L.A. Rams. And uh, Rayford Johnson, who won the the decathlon in the Olympics, and I think the 1960 Olympics in uh, Rome. And they were right there. They immediately grabbed Sirhan Sirhan, uh, 24 years old, Jordanian citizenship or citizen. And then the big issue, what if... What if, if Robert Kennedy had become president? Well, keep in mind that Robert Kennedy is a super liberal. And uh, it would have been a very different animal. Hubert Humphrey ended up running against um, against Richard Nixon, who won the presidency. And it was a close one, too. Imagine where America would have gone in a totally different direction. Far more different than... Uh, uh, it went when uh, John F. Kennedy was assassinated. You still had someone from the same party taking over, uh, someone who, uh, Lyndon Johnson, who uh, basically was John F. Kennedy, except more liberal. There's an argument whether JFK would have stopped the war, would have not sent in half a million people, uh, servicemen and women, mainly servicemen in those days, into Vietnam. Uh, and that was a killer for the United States. And Lyndon Johnson is blamed for that. Uh, civil rights wouldn't have moved as fast ahead. Uh, John F. Kennedy was no great friend of civil rights. Certainly Lyndon Johnson was. Matter of fact, Lyndon Johnson is probably going to go down as 
uh, the most pro-civil rights president in the history of the United States. Robert Kennedy, very liberal, very pro-civil rights, backed up Martin Luther King from early days, uh, was with Cesar Chavez when Cesar Chavez broke his fast, uh, the uh, grape workers uh, leader. So it'd be a, a, a far different country for sure. Uh, with Robert Kennedy. Anyways, today it's uh, 50 years, and uh, we celebrate Robert Kennedy. I mean, the guy, one thing about the Kennedys, they had wealth beyond wealth. None of them have had ever have to work, and they truly believed in public service. And we would have gotten brothers uh, as president had that happened, which we've never had. We've had father and sons twice in the United States, but uh, never brothers. All right, coming up, how the recession has screwed college graduates. It's another spin on a story of the recession and work and college grads. KFI AM 640. Someone please save us, us college kids. What my parents told me is what I did. They said go to school and be a college kid. But in the end, I question why I did. A uh, Saturday, and uh, give me, uh, ma'am, sorry, uh, Tuesday. I want to do the uh, promo for Saturday. Do we have that for Law Day? Uh, okay, I'll just do it from uh, memory. Uh, t- uh, that's June 23rd, and exactly June 16th. Boy, am I doing a good job, aren't I? You Law know what? Day is coming. Uh, yeah, here it is. Okay, can't believe it. So, so it is June 16th. Uh, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. Over 100 legal experts from HandleOnTheLaw.com. Free, good, not marginal legal advice in virtually every field of law. I'll be broadcasting Handle on the Law live from 9 to 11. Free seminars, prizes throughout the day. Log on to KFIAM640.com. The keyword is Law Day, sponsored by the People's Attorney of Southern California, Sweet James Bergener. Go to SweetJames.com. Law Day, Saturday, June 16th, the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. Okay, there we go. I think it was the last one. Fair enough. Okay, now we've, uh, I've done this topic before, but here is a different spin on it. And that has to do with unemployment and going to college. And the assumption is, uh, and it's generally too, uh, true, college degrees do better across the board than non-college degrees uh, high school diplomas who do better than, of course, people who don't graduate high school. Now, um, during the Depression, uh, the recession, the employment uh, unemployment rate was 9.5%. Uh, that was tough getting a job, for sure. Uh, today, it's under 4%. Big, uh, big difference. Now, here is a stat, and uh, I shared this one with you before, is people enter the job market during a downturn, start with lower wages. And that means that as you get raises and starting at a lower point, uh, you're behind the eight ball. And it can take more than a decade to catch up, if, if you ever catch up. So there is a study that just came out from the Strata Institute for the Future of Work and from Burning Glass Technologies, an analytics firm that deals with the workforce. And it analyzed uh, what's going on with underemployment among college grads. These are number one jobs that don't require a bachelor's degree. Even if they have a bachelor's degree, 43% of the people in those jobs are in that predicament. Can you imagine? 
about half of people graduate uh, college don't get college-level jobs. They don't need it. And uh, graduates, parents, college leaders minimize the importance of that the importance of that first job because other jobs will follow, of course. Uh, the study says uh, that's not good. That's det- detrimental uh, because two-thirds of graduates who are underemployed uh, or unemployed, uh, well, underemployed for the most part, which means that the job they're doing doesn't require a college grad or that they're taking a lesser job. Five years later in the same position, 10 years later, they're in the same position. And what ends up happening is most college grads uh, who are applying for jobs get jobs that are not in their major, particularly when you're talking about uh, the liberal arts. You know, you graduate with English. Oh, I want to be an English teacher. Wrong. Art history. Oh, I want to work in an art museum. Oh, so wrong. Architecture. You know how many jobs there are in architecture firms out there? None. Where do they go to work? Well, they go to work at McDonald's. Or they go to work where there's some connection. How about, oh, here's one, a degree uh, in interior design. I want to be an interior designer. I, mean, I had a girlfriend before Marjorie. I was in, uh, involved uh, with a, well, not so young. She was even old then. I was involved with a woman who was an interior designer. And, of course, uh, she was in college at the time. She was uh, graduating interior design from a very good design school. And uh, she went out as an interior designer on her own, and she did fine. The problem is probably three-quarters of the graduates ended up at furniture stores. Uh, Stores that sell uh, household appliances because it's in the house and they had an idea or they sell wallpaper. It was uh, nothing to do. Anybody could have done that. Now, they were hired because they had a background that people who just walk in the door don't have, but that's underemployment. So here is what the experts are saying. Less emphasis uh, in college in terms of your major. So what cuts it? in terms of doing what you want to do, the skill level. That's what it's about. You get those marketable skills. I graduated in political science. What does political science do for you? Nothing. Zip. Oh, how about people who graduate law school, right? About half don't work in law. They work for various governmental agencies, uh, a lot of them work as, well, they're lawyers, but they work as paralegals because they're the only jobs they can get because law firms don't hire. Now, if you're top to per, if you're top 10% out of Harvard or Yale or any of the Ivies, uh, you're done. I mean, you don't have to worry at all. You've got the job that starts at $200,000 a year. But how many people are top percent out of an Ivy who graduate law school? It's a tough one. So it's a question of underemployment. So what is the secret here? Skill set. Get the marketable skills. For example, when I hire someone at the Center for Surrogate Parenting, if you need a surrogate mother, you call 1-800-SURROGATE. When I hire someone, the more program they, the more programs they know and the better they are at it, the quicker they're going to be hired. All things considered, we're looking to hire someone, let's say, 
and we see a college grad versus a non-college grad. We'll hire the college grad. And not because of a skill set. It's college grads uh, are more focused. They have succeeded in something they've gone out. They have tried something that theoretically is fairly difficult and have they it it's something they finished. They started. That's important. But a high school grad versus a college grad and the high school grad has the skill level, the computer programs that we want or having dealt with who we deal with has the job. And does college matter? No. No, not really. All right, coming up, unconscionable loans. Uh, Supreme Court has is hearing cases today, California Supreme Court, on what an unconscionable loan is. And you've seen these commercials just morning, noon, and night. And I'll explain that when we come back. KFI AM 640, uh, Jennifer Jones. I here on a Tuesday, and it is uh, election day. And we're going to elect, well, we're not going to elect anybody. It's primary. There'll be some elections. DA, for example, uh, Orange County, it's an election. Uh, Todd Spitzer against uh, Tony Rakakis. I have endorsed endorsed Todd. He's going to win. And uh, then the primaries, the big ones here in uh, California, uh, Senate, and certainly a governor. So we'll talk more about that tomorrow at 7 o'clock because uh, we're going to have John Thomas come in and he will analyze uh, what happened the day before, which is today. Because he's going to be here tomorrow talking about yesterday. Okay. This is why I get paid the big bucks, the, the tremendous analysis that I do. All right. Uh, California Supreme Court uh, is uh, hearing arguments today about a lawsuit uh, that was filed 10 years ago, and it is against uh, Cash Call, the lender Cash Call. You ever heard their commercials? Huh? And arguments are being uh, made over whether California's lending law allows the courts to find that the interest rates on these loans can be so high that it is unconscionable. And therefore illegal, even though it is legal. Pursuant to law, their loans at 98, 180% per year are legal. Why? Well, because uh, more than 30 years ago, uh, California deregulated uh, lending practices. There used to be something called usury, which which are interest rates that are so high that they are simply illegal. And that went out the window, which is why credit card companies can charge 29% if, for example, you're not a particularly good uh, risk. I think the lowest I've ever heard of a credit card company is charging 9.9, which, I mean, think of it, how high that really is. And 14 and then 29, I don't even know what my credit card companies charge me because I pay mine off at the end of the month. Uh, but they can be, it's pretty astronomical. So uh, usury laws are gone. Now, there's a little technical aspect of this that I want to tell you about. A little wonky, but let's figure this out. Okay? Uh, two parts of California's lending law. One provision sets interest rates, strict ones, on consumer loans up to 
$2,499, but no restrictions on loans larger than that, which is why you hear the commercials, you can borrow $2,500. That's what they loan. Why? Because all interest rate requirements are gone. It was 1985 when that happened. You think there was some lobbying going on from financial institutions at that time? The other part of the lending code, and it was part of the same legislation that removed the caps, the rate caps, said the courts can alter or strike the loan terms deemed to be unconscionable. Now, that's an interesting one because uh, my understanding of unconscionability, the courts always have the right to deem something unconscionable, that it shocks the conscience of the court. For example, uh, let's say uh, interest rates could go up to 1,000%. Well, come on. You know, really? That's unconscionable. And in this code, the lending code, it gives the courts specific power to rule that the rates are unconscionable. Now, Cash Call is arguing, oh, and what a shocker. Uh, The Chamber of Commerce, lending institutions are part of the defense here or backing up Cash Call argue that if the legislature wanted to restrict interest rates, it wouldn't have scrapped the rate caps. For example, the legislature specifically chosen to exempt loans of $2,500 or more from any rate regulation and chose to regulate loans under $2,500. And so that's the argument that's being made, and it's hilarious. Cash Call is arguing, it's not about us making money. It's about us arguing the basic premise that if the legislature wanted to control these interest rates, it would have. Sure. One of the plaintiffs, uh, plaintiffs, a student at SC or USC Davis, who borrowed $2,600 from Cash Call at an interest rate of 98%, uh, he would have to pay back more than $9,000. By the time the loan was done, he was to set up the payment plan. Well, another argument is basically fraud in the inducement, saying that Cash Call should have known that he could never afford this loan. Therefore, they couldn't in good faith make the loan. So there is that argument that's going to be made. It's uh, going to be interesting. Now, the folks at Cash Call... And the California Chamber of Commerce and uh, several lending trade groups say that if the it goes the way of the unconscionability argument, lenders would be forced to scale back their credit offerings or exit the market altogether because of the the uncertainty that was that would be created. And there's their argument: if we if we're forced to leave the market or not make as much money as we do, we have to limit what we offer then this money wouldn't be available to a whole class of people who need the money. Don't know which way the courts are going to go. I'm willing to guess they're going to go with the unconscionability argument. For sure. Okay. Organ donors. Sure. Heard of that. Blood donors. Plasma donors. Of course, you've heard of that. Have you heard of stool donors? Uh, Come on, Handel. Really? Oh, no. It's real. You, too, can be a stool donor. And I'll explain why and how when we come back. Jen, are you interested at all? No. Okay. No. 
Thanks. idea she's come up with that is brilliant uh she's starting a kickstarter campaign a business idea which i'm not going to get into at this point until we announce it genius i mean genuinely brilliant and it's going to be a success from scratch literally okay uh now let's go right into it in terms of uh being a stool donor now i know that sounds ridiculous on its face doesn't it but I have to tell you, it's real. It's real fecal microbiota or, uh, yeah, microbiota transplant, FMT, where fecal matter, stool, is collected from a donor mixed with saline or other solution. It's strained. And then it is placed into a patient by colonoscopy endoscopy, sigmoidoscopy, or just your general enema. And the whole point of this is to replace good bacteria that's been killed or suppressed, usually because you're using way too many antibiotics, uh, and it causes bad bacteria, uh, specifically uh, clot... Oh, I'm so bad at these names. Anyway, bad bacteria to overpopulate the colon. And there's an infection uh, that can kick in And it results in uh, debilitating, sometimes fatal diarrhea. So what they do is they ask for stool donors. If you're at all interested in being a stool donor, because it's not that hard, if you can imagine, uh, you need a regular constitution, a good heart. Screening is rigorous. Reimbursement is modest, but can add up because you're talking about three times a week. That's the donor part. Uh, and they're actually being used increasingly to treat uh, this, um, uh, not disease, but uh, this issue, Clostridium uh, difficile. That's what it is. It's a bacterial infection. And there's a study that's just been done. 802 people in the United States, Canada, England, completed uh, this online survey that, that assessed their attitudes about becoming stool, stool donors because they need them. Uh, The big issue was, of course, the problem in collecting uh, the samples. And people go, "Ah, I don't know, I'm not that excited about that, for God's sake. Uh, Most centers require deposits of at least three times a week. Because not only is it the uh, collecting issue involved, but uh, require, you have to bring it, uh, the stool sample, to a center. Now, uh, about half uh, said the desire to help others was a powerful incentive. A few, about a third, said, well, the financial compensation helps. Uh, it's, a, it's 15 to 23 American dollars, and you add that up uh, times three a week. Yeah, it can be a little bit of money. Uh, the Food and Drug Administration has approved fecal transplants, but only as a last resort for treating uh, these infections after antibiotics have failed. Uh, A study published uh, in the New England Journal of Medicine 
said that fecal transplants are as effective as antibiotics as a first line of treatment for these infections, which incidentally kill about 14,000 people a year in the United States. And now they're looking at uh, exploring the use of fecal transplants for other bowel diseases. Uh, ulcerative, uh, ulcerative, oh God, ulcerative, ulcerative colitis and a range of other conditions. Uh, Stool banks. I didn't know they had stool banks, but there are stool banks in the United States. Say they have a sufficient supply of stool samples right now. But uh, as uh, more and more people are going to this as a cure, uh, it seems to be a growing business. And it's not easy becoming a stool donor. I know you guys haven't been listening to this, but it's legitimate stool donors. Uh, bacteria that's I was just implanted. telling uh, John and Ken about this last week. You yeah. can make real money. Well, not re- but you can make money. Thousands being a st- of dollars a month. No. You yes. No. I did the research. No, you can't make thousands of dollars a month. And yeah, everybody would be squatting you- up and down the hall. Give me a break. It's true. Well, you can make money, but okay. Anyway. No, I believe it was, uh, you know, 8000 a month or something. Well, if you went five hard. days a week All right, so still, and you-, you donated every day. Yeah, that's still. That's a lot of Taco Bell. That is a lot. Yeah, okay. Uh, so anyway, so much for stool donation. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's real. What can I tell you? Go, go figure. Well, she has been busy. You have no idea Shannon's trying to get this Kickstarter. Oh, I know. And I've been, I've been talking about that a little bit. Not mentioning not mentioning what. And I said the idea is brilliant. I don't know if I want to go through with this. Oh, oh yes, no, you do. You have oh, to. you have it, to. It, it seems to. like a lot of work. It's not a lot of work. No, no. Uh, it's it, not a lot of work. It's not really something I'm, I'm completely passionate about. Oh, no, then you'll create is this going to gonna be like mailbox money where I just sit yeah, at home and I get, I get Well, you know, you have to then uh, develop the product. Right. Uh, it has to be patented. But the idea is brilliant. Marketed. And uh, it started as an idea that Shannon came up with. Can't share with you, but it's going to be a success from scratch. Literally. Yeah. And it does. It could involve scratching. It could. could. Okay. It could. Yeah. Uh, in my case, certainly. Okay. You've really taken this from just an idea. Oh, it's brilliant. In, in I'm excited for so you. So am I. Well, there, hey, there's our financial lady right there. Right. Jane yeah. Wells, She's already helping me with tre- financial goals. Tremendous and- credibility. Uh, Jane, good idea? Uh, it, you know, this thing will sell itself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Did what, we say the title of it yet? Uh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, we're, no. Saving, oh, that. No, oh, we're okay. saving that. Oh. Yeah, see, I'm not, I'm, I'm not good when it comes All to right. this Shark Tank stuff. I, I, real quick, uh, what do you have on the menu with well, the two of you? Well, we are going to have a lot of fun again, and we are going to have Me Too Court, where we're asking men to call in if you've gotten in trouble at work for something inappropriate. For maybe. saying something nice. Like you say, I like that. That's like, right. Like everything you say every day. Yeah. And if you've gotten in trouble for it, as you have not, uh, call in, and we will tell you whether or not you crossed the line. Um, no, I have gotten in have trouble You have gotten a little in bit. trouble. I mean, yeah, there was I, once a few years ago well, where someone walked down. I don't think you should tell go, that Hey, story. what a set nope. you have on. Yeah. That was a little bit problematic. Yeah, See, I was pumping the brakes there, and you just blew through. Yeah. So we're going to, we will let you know because it's men are confused. Yeah. Women I don't think that you should call. No. Just a I little friendly call. advice. We'll just tell you right now, you went over the line. Whatever uh, you have to say, you yeah, went that, over the line. That's yeah. true. All right. That's uh, <laughs> uh, the lovely Shannon and Jane filling in for uh, Gary uh, for the next, well, through uh, Wednesday, right? Yes. And then, and then it's all male Brian suits Thursday and Friday. We all go man. from no Y chromosomes to, I think, a man who does not have an X chromosome. Probably right? true. All right. And I'm taking handle on the law questions off the air for future broadcast starting in just a moment. And I'll do it for an hour. Call 877-520-1150. 
877-520-1150. You know, thank God Robin is on vacation. You did not say to somebody you have a nice set. Let's just clear the air. No, I actually did. No, you lot, didn't. A lot of years ago. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, a lot of years ago. Like in the 80s. Uh, maybe even in junior high school. Okay, perfect. 